Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We'd like to thank the Lord for giving us the opportunity to hear His Word on this podcast, but not only to hear it, but to become it. So we ask our God to have His way, our Lord Jesus Christ, in everything that is said and done in this podcast, that we may hear, learn, and become the Word of God rightly divided and use this knowledge to grow into the spiritual giants that He has planned for us to become. Let our divine Creator have His way and create anew in us. The title of my message is, Then I Saw a New Heaven and a New Earth. Let me begin first by starting with the first verse of the Bible found in chapter 1 in the book of Genesis. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then throughout that chapter, he goes on to explain how things were created. But in Genesis 1.27, it reads, He creates man, both male and female, in his own image. And then in verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So understand this, that when God created the heavens and the earth and everything on it, he saw that it needed a man and a woman. A man and a woman created in his own image, the image of God. Imagine that. And God saw that everything he made was very good. The perfect plan. God's perfect plan. But then he goes on in Genesis 3 to tell us that though all things were perfect, including his perfect plan to put a man and woman on earth, whom he named Adam and Eve, he saw, and it is written in Genesis 3, that Adam and Eve rejected God as their supreme wisdom, as their supreme God. They neglected to understand that he was their creator. And so then, God brings on them and on all of creation a curse. Yes, a curse, because they rejected God, they rejected his deity, and they rejected his commandment. So with that, God said in Genesis 3, verse 17, Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. That's harsh words coming from such a beautiful, loving God. But think about it. 
they came against God. They came against their creator. They came against a God that not only loved them, but trusted them. A God who gave them everything that anyone could ever hope for. Anything that they could ever desire was right there in that beautiful garden. Everything they needed to nurture their body. What a beautiful place God created. And in his eyes, what a beautiful man and woman he placed in his great creation. Genesis 3.15 let us know that there is a spark of hope held out that the fall of Adam and Eve would not be the last word for his creation of man and woman. God speaks to all of us. Even though the earth was cursed, even though it was cursed so that our soul would be destroyed and even creation would be destroyed, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offsprings and her offspring. For he, speaking of the serpent, speaking of Satan, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So you see, here's the big picture. God created the universe out of nothing. It was very good the way that he made it. It was perfect the way he made it. Most importantly, it was perfectly the way he wanted it to be. How did he want it to be? A paradise where there was no death, no suffering, no pain, and no evil. But then Adam and Eve did something in their hearts that was horrifying. It was evil. It was unspeakably wicked. And what was that? They preferred the fruit of the tree rather than the fellowship with God. Also, if you think about it, they chose the enemy over their maker. So you see, God loved them in such a way that he provided all good things for them. All he did was warn them. He warned them about not eating of the fruit of knowledge. That's the only commandment he gave them. But yet they broke that commandment, which then broke their covenant with God. And because of that, God not only sentenced them to death, but he subjected the entire creation, everything he created, I'm saying, to the bondage of corruption. In other words, once there was no suffering, there was no pain, there was no evil, there was no death, but now every single human on earth dies and suffers before they die because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Think about it. Even animals suffer. The earth suffers. There are rivers suddenly overflowing. There are avalanches. There are volcano eruptions. There are tsunamis. There are horrible storms. And along with that, 
all the destruction on the earth comes the destruction to God's people. COVID-19 and all of its strain, along with cancer, heart disease, and all the other diseases in the world, it kills millions of people every year, both old and young. And besides all of those horrible things that happen to the body, then we have wars, mass shootings. We have more auto accident fatalities than ever before. We have domestic fatalities. And think about the road rage and how many people have died because of it. We have suicides because of the people that are so depressed and those that feel so unloved. We have these monster tornadoes, droughts, and famines. We have inflation of every kind in every area. And we have freak accidents that happen all the time. And do I need to go on? So question, why does God allow all of this to happen in the world? Well, the simple, simple answer is because of the scripture that I read to you in Genesis. Because God said way back in that book of Genesis after the creation of man, and I quote again, Cursed be the ground because of you, unquote. You see, God said on the day that they ate of the fruit that they would surely die. That they would surely die. But, but think about it. Why not just simply have death? Why didn't God just let them die? Why did he curse the whole earth? Wouldn't that have done it already just to let Adam and Eve die and curse them for their disobedience? Why does the whole world have to end up in corruption? Well, let's look back to the big picture. Remember, God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing, and it was very good. There was no pain, no evil, no death. Creation was full of everything good. But then, this horrific choice of anything over God, but the whole creation down. And God subjected man and woman, and the earth to the bondage of corruption. Wow. So then what's to become of us? Do we have any hope? What's to become of creation? Is there any hope? Praise be to our God. There is a hope. Let me read to you Romans chapter 3. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Yes, we have a hope. We have a hope. We, who are the sons 
and daughters of God. We have a hope to be set free from the bondage of corruption and to obtain the freedom of the glory that God has promised to His children. And not only to His children, but also to this earth. Yes, we are the first fruits of His Spirit and we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption, our redemption of our bodies, mind, and spirit. For only in this hope are we saved. Now hope that is seen is not hoped. For who hopes for what he sees? That's why we see all the corruption that is around us. Because if we look to the Spirit, and if we hope for what we do not see, and wait for it in patience, his promise will be fulfilled to us, the children of God. I want to read to you the first half of Romans, chapter 8, verse 21, and it says, The creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. Yes, the material world, not the natural world, it will be freed from the curse of the subjection to corruption. That's Paul's way of saying the new heavens and the new earth are coming. The earth and the sky that we know will be freed. This earth will be a new earth. The sky will be a new sky. Let me just read you the new earth and new heaven scripture passage. It's found in Isaiah 65 verse 17. And it says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. And it goes on in Isaiah 66, 22 to say, For as the new heavens and the new earth that I sh make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. Second Peter 3.13 says this, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Yes, brothers and sisters, we know that his word is true. We know that his promises are true. We know that we serve a God that cannot lie and would not say things to us that he cannot fulfill or will not fulfill. We have a hope for the new heavens and the new earth. We have a hope for a new body and a new name. Listen to Revelation 21, verse 1 and 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying, nor pain any more for the former things have passed away. We have a hope, children of God. We have a hope as long as we continue to hold fast to the word of God and continue our commitment to stay on that straight and narrow path of righteousness. Let me leave you with these scriptures. Scripture found in Acts chapter 319. Repent thereof 
and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. You see, Paul wrote these words in Romans 8.21, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, means this old earth will become a new earth. I said this old earth will become a new earth. The word of God says heaven and earth, heaven and earth belongeth to the Lord. The point is that the new heavens and the new earth are the inheritance of the children of God. His not only called, but his chosen, his manifested sons and daughters. Revelation 21.1, the first heaven and the first earth has passed away and the sea was no more. Then verse 23 and 25, John says, The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb, and there will be no night there. You see, there's no sun, no moon, and no night, but just the Father and the radiant light of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He promised us. He promised us these things. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word shall come to pass. Philippians 3.21 says, He will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. Imagine that. Imagine that promise to us that we will not only live in a new heaven and earth, but we will have a new glorious body. This is our hope. This is God's intention. Listen to Romans 8, 23 through 24. It says, We wait eagerly for the adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? Yes, my friends, there is no greater gift than the gift that our Lord Jesus Christ has given to us as a seal of promise. He gave his own life for us that we might live and have life more abundantly. He became that sacrifice. The gospel is the rock of our solid assurance of hope of the new heavens and the new earth. Our assurance that we will be raised with a glorious body that will be redeemed. This is the gospel, the good news, that Christ was crucified and suffered for us, therefore providing pardon and righteousness through his resurrection. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That he might bring us to God, he suffered Do not let his suffering go in vain, my friends, because there is no end after that. Everything before that 
that happened before Christ was just a means to the end. The end, Revelation 5, 9, says that the lamb slain before the foundation of the world stands like a lamb slain and lion of Judah forever, and we will sing of it forever. See with your spiritual eyes past all the wickedness, destruction, and dangers of this world, and fear not. For he said, I am with you always, even until the very end of time. Stand in hope, believing that his promises are true. Stand in hope and faith believing that even though we don't see it, we know that these spiritual miracles, these spiritual prophecies are right before us, right before our eyes to see, right before our ears to hear, and right there before us for our mouth to speak. So brethren, let us hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. For thus saith the word of the Lord, as I end my message, Revelation 21.1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Thus saith the word of the Lord to he who hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the last day churches. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.